Welcome to Bovine Science with BCI. I'm Brad White, joined today by Dr. Bob Larson, and we're going to talk herd health. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Brad. So we've got a good discussion today because we've talked a lot of times about different aspects of herd health. Today, we're going to spend our time talking about how we would track some of those parameters, what are some of the tools that we can use, how we can put those into play, whether we're talking about number of diseases. We've talked, you've talked before about pregnancy rate, investigating those. I know you've got some specific tools that you like to use when you're investigating herd reproductive problems. So I'm going to let you kind of tell us what are some of the things that you've worked through when you're going out and you're going to investigate a problem. What, are, what tools are you going to use from the data side? From the data side, uh, you know, and we've kind of made some jokes about this before, but I really do like spreadsheets as a yes, way to... I've made jokes about yeah. that before. Well, I, I've got some safe for today. I've been well, looking up spreadsheet excellent. jokes just to talk to you. Well, but the, the beauty of a, a spreadsheet tool when investigating a problem is it really forces me to think through all the, all the variables, all the things that could be impacting the problem that I'm seeing, and, and allows me to be more thorough in my workup because it's really easy when I first approach a problem to kind of grab at the maybe what might be the most obvious or what might be the easiest to address and, and, and stopping there. And I think it's really important. Most of the problems that we deal with, once in a while you get something that's really simple that has a simple solution, but a lot of times it's a systems type of a problem. It's, it's, you know, it, it's related to our nutrition, it's related to our cattle movements, it's related to a lot of things. And if you give too simplistic of an answer, sometimes you don't really address the problem. Okay, so I'm going to back you up. Two things I want to address there. One is the systems part, and two is why we'd use a spreadsheet. But let's talk systems first. So the you said a systems problem. Tell me what that means, because I know you've done some teaching in systems thinking. So maybe tell me what a systems problem is and what is systems thinking. Well, and there's, there's a group of veterinarians that are really kind of spearheading this conversation about what systems means. And, you know, one of the things that I think we should think about is well you've got the event that's right in front of you and then you've kind of got the the immediately preceding um, actions that took place that maybe immediately preceded the event so the event might be uh, cows that didn't get bred it could be calves with scours it could be a respiratory disease outbreak then you've got like I say the few things just in the days and weeks headed up to that but the systems thinkers say well go back another step and and look at the entire system. And so then you start looking at the environment. So things like dust, temperature, shade, mud, timing of the year, you know, because we know we have variations in forage quantity and quality, we have variations in temperature and rainfall and humidity. And so they would say, go back even another step and look at the underlying system in place. When, do you, when are cattle born? When are they moved? What is their diet? And looking at it in and even particularly as we're talking about cow calf production in years past and how those roll forward and impact this year's production so it it becomes again looking at problems a little more uh, in depth than exactly what happened yesterday so so it started some of this thinking at least my understanding from some of the manufacturing process. And, and you think about the entirety of the process. If I have a part or a piece that's coming out in the wrong size, 
then I don't just look at the last step in the process. I may have to go back and look and say, were the raw materials right? Did I get them there at the right time? Did they have enough time to move through? Same thing on the cow herd. And, and we were talking pregnancy. And really, the systems question is about how do cows transition from not being pregnant to being pregnant? And then what happens until I get to preg check? Is that is that what you're saying? That's a good analogy because, again, I, and a lot of this thinking does come from manufacturing. And so think of, you know, supply chains and those types of concepts, which if you've ever if you've ever had to deal with the result of a disruption in a supply chain for things that you want delivered to you, um, that's that's a systems breakdown. And we see the same problem in in animal production as well. Uh, and so, yes, those are good analogies. And so it's about so if you think about manufacturing, it's making a product. Well, in beef cattle production or reproduction, it's about making that pregnancy step one and then live calf, live calf all the way to sale. Which means I'm going to ask different types of questions. And one of the exercises both you and I have worked through with the students is talking about systems questions and non-systems questions. Give me some examples. So if you're investing, you, you call me out to investigate your farm, I'm going to ask you questions about what's going on. But let's say we've got a herd that's got low preg rate. Give me some systems questions and some non-systems questions and why they would be different. All right. So I'll give you a couple of really common non-systems questions. So if, if you're dealing with a situation where your herd doesn't have the, the breed up that you want, uh, a non-systems question would actually be to jump in and start asking about disease control methods, such as the vaccine protocol you use or something like that. And the reason that's a non-systems question is I haven't really indicated yet whether we had pregnancies that were lost, which could be an infectious disease, or whether the cows never got pregnant in the first place, which is not an infectious disease. And so what you want to do with your systems questions is to get down to the, uh, think about, again, the manufacturing example, when cows change states. So in this case, moving from the state of being not pregnant to pregnant. So I want to ask questions about that breeding season it, itself and try to figure out how many cows became pregnant. And that becomes a real differentiating factor because if not enough cows became pregnant, the problems are ahead of that. If enough cows became pregnant, but then were no longer pregnant, say at uh, the time we do preg check, well, that's a different set of problems. And so you want to make sure that you're, it's kind of like the 20 questions game and that you ask good first questions, which really put you in the ballpark. And then you follow those with more specific questions once you know you're in an area. This is pregnancy loss. This is a bull problem. This is a cow nutrition problem. I got to get those big buckets first before we go asking detailed questions. Well, you start you start broad and then you're narrowing in. So your 20 questions is a, is a good example of starting broad, narrow in. And then you figure out often within the herd, there are subgroups that we care about. It may be first calf heifers. It may be cows bred to a certain bull. It may be different pastures on the farm. And your systems questions hopefully help you elicit which part of the system is breaking down. Is it one of these segments or is it time dependent or is there something else? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. Is you got to figure out where the, and again, I, we're going to kind of keep going back to this manufacturing problem. So if I've got a uh, a manufactured item that is breaking. Well, it, it could be the materials that it was made out of. It could be the manufacturing process. It could be shipping and handling after it was 
made. And I want to figure out which of those problems it was. Because I can't focus on all three. I can't focus on all three. Um, and I'll divert resources and time, and I've got other problems. And so it's really important. To, it, it's One way to think about it as a veterinarian is it's getting your diagnosis as accurate as possible, as early as possible. And that's really about kind of, again, and when I say an accurate diagnosis, it may not be down to the exact germ, but it's when and where is the problem happening and to whom. And I, I think that becomes important because if we start with a herd that has a 85% preg rate and say, what's your list of differentials with oh, only long. that one piece of information? It would be long. It's huge, right? And what you're trying to do with your systems, questions, and approach is narrow that down to maybe now there's five or six things, four, five, or six now I can start asking non-systems questions. So we're not saying those non-system questions are bad. Now I start asking about, is it this pathogen or is it this agent that's causing the problem once I get that list narrowed? But I don't want to ask that with 30 things on my differential list. Exactly right. So the tricky part is, how do I get, because some of those, and, and we've made it thus far sound like, or I have, these systems questions, you just ask them and you get an answer. But some of the systems type questions may be, how did the first calf heifers breed up in the first 21 days of the breeding season? Which for most producers, I don't have that off the top of my head. And that's where my spreadsheets come That's in. where your yeah. spreadsheets come is, in. It is a great way to really investigate the, the, the information that we gather. You know, we gather a, a fair amount of information in cow-calf production. We don't always evaluate it as thoroughly as we could, but uh, we, we can get, you know, when cows calved, we can get uh, at preg check time, did they get pregnant early, mid, or late in the pre breeding season? Uh, we can identify calves that died between birth and weaning, and almost always there is some pattern there. Like the calves that have died, there's something uh, similar about them. It could be that they were born, they, the calves that died were all born in the same week. Well, that's probably an environmental factor. Uh, maybe all the calves that died um, were, a, or a majority of calves that died were born to heifers. Well, that pinpoints where the problem is occurring. So with the spreadsheet, especially if you've got a, a larger herd and some of those questions about time and individuals gets lost in the busyness of getting all the cows calved and all the cows bred and then the calves weaned um, with a with a good spreadsheet analysis you can go back and look at it by these subgroups age time time and age and location are usually some of the categories that I'm looking at and and to do that you're using basically your spreadsheet as and I'm going to call it a microscope even though it's not but you're using it as a further diagnostic to evaluate which means I have to put in my data in a what I'll say a data table format. So is that, how do you put in your data to make sure that I'm gonna be able to do the follow-up on it? Well, you know, I'm gonna start with the simplest form and the simplest form is probably even just paper records. And for smaller herds, a lot of times that is, that is sufficient and that's labor uh, efficient. Uh, but then you'll take those records, handwritten records and put them into a spreadsheet and do some analysis. When you're starting to talk about larger herds, a lot of times I want some way to, to, to ease that data entry. And so there's some apps you can get on your phone. There's some online uh, cattle records. And some of those are commercial records that you would keep. And sometimes it's, it's, again, just a relatively simple data entry with cow number, date when events happen, 
and uh, what events happen. So birth, death, becoming pregnant, all those types of things uh, can be pretty easily entered. And then that allows me then to start looking at these subgroups. Okay. So once I've got it in, and you've talked before about manual entry and the errors that occur. So once you've got it in, pretty simple to do a, a min-max or figure out if you've got anything that was maybe mis-entered. And then you talked about breaking it into those relevant subgroups. And I know you use pivot tables. So tell me, what is a pivot table and what's the value of using those in a spreadsheet? Well, in, in my opinion, I think the whole reason that the computer was invented was so that we could do pivot tables in spreadsheets. I, I, maybe somebody else has a different idea of why computers were invented, but I think that's why. And what a pivot table does, just picture it, say you've got a 200 cow herd. And so you've got all, and you've got heifers, you've got cows, you've got old cows, um, and you've got a, events. So when did the breeding season start? When was preg check? Were they pregnant or open? How many days were they pregnant? When did they calve? When did they wean? What was the weight of the calf? So just picture all this information you have about each cow. So if a cow is a row of numbers, she's got these numbers or yes, no's across, across her row. Well, that's information or that's data, but I really can't make decisions from that. But with a pivot table, you can basically take that rows and columns and ask the question, well, I, I called some of these heifers and I called some of them mature cows and I called some of them aged cows. Well, then with a pivot table, I just basically just drag and drop those, those categories. And then I see, well, what were their weaning weights? What were or the weaning weights of their calves? When did they become pregnant? How many of them lost their calf? And so it's just drag and drop into this, um, basically just think of a, uh, you've got, columns and rows and you just drag them over there and say well I want to know this outcome which was did they get pregnant or not I want to know this outcome their average weaning weight and then you can look at it by any category that you put into the spreadsheet because your question your systems question earlier was did pregnancy rate differ by first calf heifers versus cows did it differ by pasture did it differ by some other demographic factor and the pivot table lets you answer all those relatively quickly because you're not talking you're talking about five minutes once my data is entered you're talking about five minute analysis to answer those three questions ask a bunch of different questions and back to your earlier you know question or example was if i had a cow herd that 50 or 85 percent of the cows were pregnant at preg check time i'll bet that's not evenly distributed i'll bet one group or another of the cows did much worse than that and one group or another did much better than that and that's what i want to know because in that system it very well may be that most of my open cows were in my replacement heifers or most of my open cows were in my first calf heifers and that becomes then then i follow up with you know non-systems questions to figure out exactly what's going on in that subgroup absolutely and i think so one great example for spreadsheets is put your data in and you can do relatively rapid analysis. The other part I'd like to explore, which fits right into our systems thinking and talking about spreadsheets is the example where I have to make a decision, but not all of the variables are known. So I'm going to have the spreadsheet serve as kind of a calculator, but I'm going to have some a little value there as I put things in. So if I if my decision was I'm thinking about keeping uh, my calves past weaning 
for 60 days before I sell them. You've got actually some spreadsheets online that do that, but how is that different than the spreadsheet we just talked about? Yeah, where I like in that example, how I like to use spreadsheets is because I, I don't know exactly what calf prices are gonna be 60 days from now. I have a pretty good idea of what I could sell my calves for now. And again, it's not a exact one number, but a, a pretty t narrow range. Whereas in 60 or 90 or 120 days, less certainty about what the prices are going to be then. And I kind of could maybe block in some feed prices, but those might change over the next three to four months, depending on how long I'm going to be buying feed. And then the other one is, well, I could have some death loss. I could have some sickness that I have to treat. So each of those adds uncertainty to the question. So one of the ways I use spreadsheets is I put in a most likely, so I'll put in a little bit of death loss. I'll put in the feed prices that I expect to pay and the, the cattle price that I expect to get. But then I'll also come through with a worst case scenario. What if calf prices in 100 days is less than I expected? What if feed prices are higher between now and then? What if my death loss is higher? So I'll put in a expected, a worst case scenario, and then I'll even do a best case scenario. And, and one of the reasons to do that is kind of the risk management side is if the worst case scenario is still mostly positive, well, then I've got very little risk. Might as well go with this decision. If the expected decision is positive economically and, and time-wise, but the worst case scenario is a pretty big hit, well, then I need to either think whether I'm even going to make this decision or not, or what can I do to make sure that I don't have the worst case scenario. So one of the great things about a spreadsheet is it really quickly, it allows me to very quickly do expected and worst case scenario. That's probably the best case is just for fun, but expected and worst case scenarios. And then it allows me to, can I, can I stand that risk or not? Yeah. So if it's the worst case scenario, either can I stand it? Or if your worst case scenario calf price was lower, is there a risk management tool that I can use to avoid it? Exactly. The other thing that we could do is uh, sensitivity analysis. And I'll define a sensitivity analysis as using our same example. You said the mortality may vary, the calf price may vary, my feed cost may vary. And a sensitivity analysis kind of helps me sort out which of those is most important? Or how, how would you define a yes. sensitivity analysis? That's a good way of saying it because, well, let's, let's start with the answer of if I was going to predict, I had a, a group of calves at weaning right now, and I'm thinking about retaining them maybe for 100 days. Well, there's a lot of, and so if on my spreadsheet, I put in what I think the calf price is going to be in 100 days, what I think uh, the death loss is going to be, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm definitely wrong. But wrong answers are more important for some of those uh, variables than others. And so you could change each one of those kind of by, you know, a set percent. 10% each, and then see what that does. Or you can change them by, well, kind of the, the worst case scenario. And you'll find that a couple of those drive the decision more than others. To, to distinguish, before when you had your best and worst case scenario or your ideal and worst case scenario, in your worst case, death loss was higher, feed costs was higher, and cattle prices were lower, sale prices. In this case, you're you're changing them one at, one a, at a time, time. Yep. to see how much difference they make and to figure out which of those is most impactful. Yeah, exactly right. You change one at a time. And sometimes, like, for instance, that calf price at the end, if I change it 10%, I'll bet it makes more than a 10% change in my overall profitability. 
Other things I could change 10% and it moves my overall profitability two or 3%. So that's my point of the same amount of change doesn't have the same impact. And so again, it helps me to really pinpoint my management and pinpoint my management on the things that I can control and the things that are most important to control. So as you go through that process, you can pick which specific variables. The, the other thing that I would throw in that's, a, I think, a real value of spreadsheets for veterinarians working with their clients is I don't have to give the same answer to every client because the client comes in and they say, well, I understand that this is what everybody says, but my operation is a little bit different because I have this feed available or I have this available and nobody else does. So I need to factor that into your equation. How does that work on some? Oh, that's spreadsheets? that's another real advantage of spreadsheets, because, you know, we talk all the time that if you ask a, a complicated question at all, the answer is always it depends. But that's not a very satisfactory answer if you want to take action. But by putting in what depends on your operation and it, you know, so it a lot of times has to do with resources available. That's labor, feed, cattle. What do you have available versus someone else? And that changes the answer. And that's the beauty of a spreadsheet is I, I get a little bit uh, suspicious about an answer that is supposed to apply to all cattle ranches. Uh, that's probably not a well thought out answer. And so I, I really do want to work with each client and look at their resources and their opportunities and give them a more specific answer for their operation. And, and there may be some answers that change year to year, but for sure operation to operation. And I think with both of these examples that we use, and, and I'll kind of lump them into one, identifying the problem, diagnostic tools, sorting through the data. You mentioned pivot tables. That lets us identify which relevant subgroups do I care about and focus on. How do I make the manufacturing process better? Or two, I'm going to prognosticate for a future decision, and I have to decide which of these unknowns is most important and what's my most likely outcome. What do I need to protect against? Is that kind of I lump think, it into two categories of what you're doing with some of the spreadsheets? I think so, and, I, and it tells you why I like spreadsheets so much. They're really a, a neat tool um, that have a lot of you know, ways to implement them in both diagnostic workup and decision-making, and, and really it's the way good decision-makers have probably always made decisions, but it really allows me to, to structure it, to, to follow up on options, and it, I think I'm a better decision-maker when, when I use those tools. Absolutely. So, and you enjoy building a good spreadsheet, but let's say I don't, and I don't have the time to go through that. How can I still use some of this process without me having to sit down with a blank spreadsheet and create it? Yeah, there's some actually some pretty good spreadsheets out there. We've got a number of them on the BCI site under tools. Um, I think that that's a good place to start. Um, also, another K-State site is the Ag Manager. Agmanager.info through the Ag Econ. Ag Econ. They've got some good spreadsheets. And then, you know, I'm, I'm aware of some out of Nebraska and Iowa State and some other the other land-grant universities that have some pretty good little spreadsheet tools. And a lot of times they allow us to do the things that we just talked about. Uh, if you have a specific question, do I want to retain ownership on calves? Do I want to implement artificial insemination in my cow herd? Do I want to uh, have a different winter feeding strategy? There's a, there's a land-grant university somewhere that's got a spreadsheet 
on almost any question like that that you could ask. Yeah, and as you find those and start to use them, you get a little more comfortable with it. Like many other technologies that we've incorporated into veterinary practice, the very first time you use it, it may be clunky or hard to use. A little practice makes it better. The beauty with this is the really time-consuming part on a lot of these is either building the spreadsheet for the first time, which you just gave us some sources we can go to and get those, or entering the data, which I can have someone in the office do for me. And then as a veterinarian, you spend your time doing the analysis of, of what's there. So I think lots of great opportunities for spreadsheets in practice. And thanks for sharing some with us today, Bob. You bet.